you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to be there for a few minutes, and then we're going to be over in the book of Hebrews and, and over in 2 Corinthians. We're going to kind of jump around. And I'm in a series right now this summer called Knowing Jesus. And I think this is either our fourth or fifth week, I don't know. But um, I'm enjoying this. And what I wanted to do is go back and take a fresh look at Jesus like I had never known anything about him, okay? Because how many of you know sometimes we think things about Jesus that aren't so? And you can even learn things about Jesus maybe in a church that just aren't right. Or maybe you learn something that has been passed down in your family for generations about Jesus, and, and it just was kind of passed down to you, but it's still not accurate. And so what I wanted to do was go back and say, you know what, I'm going to take a fresh look at Jesus, just like I had never heard anything about him, just like I was never in church as a kid, just like I never went to Bible college. I really want to know who this person Jesus actually is, and what he does in my life, and what I need to be offering him. Are you with me? Okay, so that's, that's kind of how this came about. And, and it's, um, it's actually, I'm writing all of this information into a book, and, and if you follow me on social media, you saw that book already for sale. I mean, I'm, it's crazy. Yesterday, I'm sitting at the kitchen table writing this book, and it's already for sale online. I'm like, oh, dear God, i got to finish, <laughs> Right? Because you can already get it, so, um, and I'm not even finished with it. And so all this information that I'm sharing with you, I, I, uh, I go into greater detail on uh, in, in, in the book, but we're, we're just kind of hitting the highlights. And uh, as I said, we're currently in a series called Knowing Jesus, and I don't have time to go back and catch everyone up, but I do want to remind you of a couple of things from last time, because I think... Um, there's a principle in the scripture that we overlook all the time, and it creates problems for us in our relationship with God. And that principle is this. Jesus has creation power, okay? Now, you may remember that from two weeks ago. Jesus has creation power and in two areas. Number one, Jesus has the ability to create in you. And number two, Jesus has the ability to create for you, okay? And you've probably said... I just don't have it in me. Larry, I, I want to do it, but I just don't have it in me. I don't have it in me to forgive um, that big jerk face. I don't have it in me to break this habit. I don't have it in me to go to that job one more day. I don't have it in me to lose weight. Or maybe it's a spiritual discipline. And you say, I just don't have it in me to read my Bible every day. I want to but I just don't have it in me. Well, listen, whatever you don't have in you, Jesus said he would create in you. Remember that teaching? Whatever you don't have in you, Jesus said, I will create it in you. So go to him in prayer and say, Jesus, I don't have it in me to do this, but I believe that you can create it in me. Okay? And then watch him do it. So number one, Jesus will create in you. And then number two, Jesus will create around you, okay? He will create around you. Um, if he can speed up the process of turning water into wine, then he can also speed up the timing in your life by creating a shortcut to whatever it is that you've been praying for. Remember, Jesus took a three-week process 
of turning water into wine, and he made it happen in less than three minutes, okay? So Jesus can cut, a, cut through, and he can create a shortcut for you, and he can get you to where you want to go far quicker than you ever thought that you ever could, right? So I'll be honest with you. I've been praying for God to create a divine shortcut in your life because you want to get there and you know where you want to go, but it just seems like it's so far down the road. And I've been praying that God would create a divine shortcut for you. I've been praying that God would create divine shortcuts for me. I've been praying that God would create divine shortcuts for Real Life Church. I mean, we, in August, we will have been around this town for for eight years. And we've had ups and we've had downs and we've had everything in between. And, and I just think that God wants to create a shortcut for us and, and launch us forward, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? And God can do that, right? He's not limited by what I can do because I can't do a lot, but God can do a lot. And so, and so as we progress through this series, I want you to start looking for those divine shortcuts in your life where God, like you were here and you wanted to get there and it was going to take a long time and maybe the route was winding, but all of a sudden, God just got you there in a quick amount of time. He took those three-week process, made it happen in three minutes. And if God can do it for something as stupid as wine for a wedding, God will certainly do it for the people that he died for, right? It'll happen. So just start believing God to do it, okay? Okay, man, I want to keep going on that, but let's jump into today's teaching, okay? Because I have a lot of information that I need to share with you before we're done. And I heard it was raining outside. Is it raining? I was going to mow the yard, and I don't have to, so we're, we're just going to stay here for a while. Um, um, as we begin this morning, okay, I want you to think about the people in your life that have seen you at your absolute worst, and yet they stuck around. I want you to put that, the picture of that person in your head, or the picture of those people in your head. They have seen you at your absolute worst, and yet they stuck around. Do you have that person in your mind? Okay. Those are the people who love you. Okay? Talk is cheap, and anyone can tell you that they love you, especially when all they have seen is the best that you have to offer. But the people that really love you are the people that stuck with you when you are at your very worst. Those are the people that love you. It's like, well, I don't think they love me. Well, why not? Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, if they've stuck with you through all the times when anyone else would have left you high and dry, those are the people that love you, okay? Those are the people that love you. And I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me, okay? There are some people that no matter what they do, you stick by them. And there are others that may not even do a third of what they did but you're quick to write them off. Do you know what the difference is? You'll stick by the people you love no matter what. Right, Jesse? 
And, and, and it's true. I mean, you simply have more tolerance for them. And, 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 and to be honest, if you're not careful, you can even catch yourself making excuses for them. And, and I hear people making excuses for their grown kids all the time. <laughs> I know she got mad and burned down the house, but you don't know what she had to live with. If she burned down the house, she's a lunatic. And why she burned down the house is irrelevant. Right? (laughs) Now let's bring that into our relationship with Jesus, okay? He knows you best, has seen you at your worst, and yet He sticks around you. Do you know why? Because He loves you. He would have to. (laughs) Right? It's like, why would Elaine stay with Jesse? My goodness. She could do so much better. Gosh, this is a no-brainer. But for some reason, she loves you. I don't know why, but she does. And it's the same, it's the same way with God. He could do so much better than me, but he still sticks around me, right? Because he loves me. And that's, and that's the way it is with Jesus. When you have a relationship with him, he will stick around you. Even though you do dumb things, even though you act stupid sometimes, even though he knows the absolute worst part of you, the monster in the closet that maybe no one else knows about, he knows about that person. Everything you've ever done that you should have never done, everywhere you've ever went that you should have never gone, everything you've ever looked at you've never should have looked at everything you've ever said, you've never said, or you, you, that, you've, that you shouldn't have said. He knows about all those things, and yet, what does he do? He sticks with you, right? Because, because he loves you. He loves you, okay? And just like you stick by people that you love in spite of how they act, Jesus will stick by you as well, Okay, so let's go to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read um, verses, we're just going to read one verse, and we're going to read this out of the New Living Testament, okay? And, and this is the Apostle Paul writing here to the church at Philippi, and he says this to them. He says, I want to know Christ, okay? Now remember the title of this series, Knowing Jesus. I want to know Christ. Then he goes on and he says, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead, And that's the best part. Guys, it's not a casual encounter with Christ that produces his mighty power in your life. It's when you know him that the mighty power of Christ is produced in your life. We sang the song this morning, The Mighty Cross. And and when you have an experience with, with the mighty Christ who died on the mighty cross, then all of a sudden the power of God begins to show up in your life. We're going to talk about how that looks now. As followers of Jesus, I think it's important for us not to forget what the objective is, okay? The objective is not to have perfect attendance on Sunday morning at church, even though I think that's a good plan. The objective is, ne- is, never, you know, is not to never miss a tithe payment uh, to the Lord, even though, you know, I think that you should tithe. Um, you know, the objective is not to, to be perfect, but I think we need to keep the objective in front of us, we need to be clear and focused at all times about what we're trying to achieve. And here's what we're trying to achieve. The goal of every Christian is to know Christ and be like him. That's what we want, okay? I want you to know Christ and be like him. More than I want you to come to real life church, more than I want you to like me or 
think that I teach good or um, I don't care. What I want you to know is Christ, okay? That's what I want you to know. And, and, and so here's the thing. Um, if the goal is to know Christ and to be like him, if you have an area in your life that is causing you to not be like him, then that area must be challenged, okay? And I'm going to talk to you about how to do that this morning. And here's why this is so important. Christianity is not a religion of rules. It's a personal, growing relationship with a living Jesus. Isn't that great? It's not a religion of rules. It's a, it's a personal, growing relationship with a living Jesus. And so the goal when you become a Christian isn't to keep the rules. The goal is to know Him. And I've been to a few churches where they had that backwards, okay? And they teach, well, if you keep the rules, then you can know Him. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because until you know Him, you won't have any desire to keep the rules, <laughs> Right? You don't have any desire to change your life. If you don't know him, you're not going to have any desire to change. And so honestly, you know, as you've gotten to know Jesus more, don't you want to do a better job with your life? Just going to church won't make you want to do a better job with your life. In fact, it can be a chore, and you may not even look forward to going. But when you're getting to know Jesus and you're learning about Jesus and you're uh, figuring out who Jesus is, now all of a sudden you have this desire inside of you to change and, 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 and change your life and change who you are and, and, and put some new things there that weren't there before. And, 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 and it all comes out of knowing him, okay? Knowing him. And Jesus said this in, in, in John chapter 17. And I want to read that to you. He's getting ready to go to the cross and right before he goes to the cross, he spends some time in prayer. And look what he says in John 17, 3. He says, now this is eternal life, that they may, what? Know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they may know you, talking about God, and know Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So, so that kind of changes things. He didn't say that they may keep the law perfectly. He didn't say that they may never make a mistake. He didn't say that at all. That's, that, that wasn't the point. He said that they may know you, right? Now, here's the thing. To get to know someone, you first have to meet them, right? And, and um, when you hear the Apostle Paul say in our text, I want to know him, it means a lot more when you think about how he met Jesus. Remember how they met? We talked about it in, in week one, how they met. And, and when they met, Paul was thrown on the ground and blinded. Did anyone have a first date like that? <laughs> how was your date? Oh, man, it was awesome. She threw me on the ground, poked my eyes out. I can't wait to get to know her better. Right? I mean, that's, that's the, you know, that's a crazy chick right there, right? But that's how he met, that's how Paul met Jesus. He threw him on the ground and blinded him. 
But there was something about that encounter that Paul could not get away from. I, you know, if, if the first time I met you, you threw me on the ground and kicked dirt in my eyes, I'm probably going to file a restraining order against you or something. Definitely not going to try to have a relationship with you. And yet, that's exactly what Paul did. He, 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 it was an experience that he could not get away from, okay? That's how he was introduced to Jesus. Now, we're all introduced to Jesus in different ways. And some people, some people come to Jesus when they're young. Um, did, how many of you came to Jesus when, when you were young? Okay, I see some hands. Some people come to Jesus when they were young. Some people come to Jesus um, during a crisis, they're having a crisis in their life, and they realize they can't do this. And so um, it points them in the direction of Jesus. Has anybody come to Jesus during a really crisis time in your life? Okay, a few hands up there. And then other people come just because they, they just feel this emptiness in their heart. And they hear the gospel preached, and all of a sudden they realize there's this God that's bigger than them and, and he loves them and he will forgive them of their sins and give them eternal life. And, and all of a sudden they realize they have this God-shaped hole in their heart and, that only he can fill up. And, and so they just come to Jesus. How, did anybody come to Jesus like that? Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I came to Jesus too. And so, you know, we all come for, for different reasons and, and at different times because we're all in different places. And, and how you met Jesus isn't the important thing. The important thing is that after you meet him, like Paul, you begin working on getting to know him, okay? Like, know, like really know him. And that's, that's, um, that's so important. Why? Because you can know a lot about someone without ever having known them. I learned that lesson um, last week in Chicago. I, uh, I spent some time going through the Billy uh, Graham Museum, has anyone ever seen the Billy Graham Museum? It's in, it's in Wheatland, Illinois. And it's an entire museum um, dedicated to Billy Graham. And it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, all kinds of things in there about when he was a boy, when he started ministry, his life, his marriage, his kids. I mean, all, everything that you ever wanted to know about Billy Graham is there. And I went through that, and I learned all kinds of things about him. But I do not know Billy Graham. And I do not have a personal relationship with Billy Graham. I know about him. I've even read a few of his books. But I don't have a personal relationship with him. And that's why we're spending all summer getting to know Jesus. Look at this verse. This is awesome. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Um, this is going to help shed some light on this. It says, In the past... God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Okay, now let's stop right there. I mean, that was true. In the Old Testament, when God had something to say, he would raise up a guy like Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was known uh, as the weeping prophet. And he would go into town and he would put a yoke on his neck and he would walk around crying and, and basically just mourning and telling people, you know, how uh, they needed to turn to the Lord. And, and he was just... That was just kind of his thing. Um, and other times God would raise up guys like Isaiah. And Isaiah was kind of like, um, he was kind of like Wyatt Earp. He would just kind of ride into town with his 
six shooter and just kind of, you know, tell people what they needed to hear and, and just kind of lay down the law to people. And so, and so God just would raise up these prophets and, and they would go and they would share the thoughts of God. So it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by who? His son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom we are also, who, and through whom he also made the universe. Remember, Jesus is a creator. Verse 3 says, the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had proved purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And I, I just love that verse because, you know, the writer of Hebrews, probably Paul, is saying to us, in the past God spoke through prophets, but right now God speaks to us through Jesus. Okay? So as we get to know Jesus, we get to know God. So let's talk about experiencing the power of Jesus. And this is really where I want to get to today. So let's read Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 one more time. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Okay? The word know in that verse is the Greek word genosko. And it means this. It means to know, to become. Um, it means that you're aware of. And it means that you understand. Okay? So Paul is saying, I want to know him. I want to become him. I want to be aware of him. And I want to understand him. And you know what? I want those things too. How about you? Okay? So if you keep reading, though, this is where it gets good. If you keep reading, you'll find out the result of knowing him. Because as you keep going, it says once you know him, you get to experience the power that raised him from the dead. Okay? Now, that's not only referring to eternal life in heaven, but that's also referring to right now. Because in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11... It says this, it says the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. So if you put those two verses together, it would say something like this. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I want both those things. I want to know Christ, but I also want to experience the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And I'll tell you why. There are four things that the Holy Spirit will do for you. And I don't have time to read the scriptures. I will reference them. But your homework can be to go home and dig around for yourself. Here's, here, there are four things the Holy Spirit can do for you. And I, I have started them all with the letter C just so that I can remember them. But this is what God wants to do. This is the power. This is what the power of God looks like in, in your life as a real person. Okay, It's one thing to say, I want to know Christ and experience his mighty power, okay? Some people say that, read that, and they're like, that means we're going to come to church and we're going to jump around and dance around and we're just going to have a big old mighty power party, which I'm okay with that. I mean, if you want to celebrate God with a party, I say do it and invite me. But that's, it's way deeper than that, okay? There are four things that the power of God looks like in your life that the Holy Spirit will produce in you once you know Christ, the first is, is um, we're going to call it counsel, okay? Um, counsel means um, advice when you don't know what to do. 
And Jesus said this. He said, he said, um, if, he said if I don't go away, the helper uh, uh, cannot come, okay? Um, the one who can give you the advice that you need cannot come, okay? He called him the spirit of truth. So the Holy Spirit will produce advice in you when you don't know what to do. Is anyone in a situation right now where you don't know what to do? Okay, well, the Holy Spirit is on it, okay? And you may not know what to do, but the Holy Spirit knows what to do, and you need to just start looking for the Holy Spirit to provide you the answer that you're praying for, okay? He knows what to do. So the first work is counsel. The second thing that he provides is comfort, okay? Comfort, um, in fact, Jesus um, called the Holy Spirit a comforter. Comfort is calming uh, your spirit during times of severe stress and anxiety. Anybody having some severe stress and anxiety? Okay, well, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring comfort to you whenever you're experiencing extreme stress and anxiety. He is a comforter. Um, the third is correction, okay? Um, correction is really just conviction. Um, correction is, is power to change your behavior. Now, the thing that I want you to know about the Holy Spirit is that He not only will convict you, but He will also equip you to overcome whatever it is He's convicting you of, right? So if the Holy Spirit puts His finger on an area of your life that you shouldn't have there, and you start to feel convicted, He's not just going to say, well, good luck. I hope you somehow figure this all out. If he puts his finger there, it's because he's ready to equip you to move past that. Okay? And so he will counsel you, he will comfort you, he will convict you. And the fourth function of the Holy Spirit is courage. Courage to share your faith. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. Okay? So you get courage um, inside of you to share your faith. That's the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. So go back and read Philippians 3.10 again because it brings a whole new meaning to that verse. I want to know Christ and experience the counsel, comfort, correction, and courage of His Holy Spirit. Man, that's exciting. (laughs) That's life-changing stuff. If you can get that in your heart. Okay? So, So how many of you could use some mighty power in your life? Okay, me too. Well, you can, and, and when you know Jesus, he is, he is the power of God in a person, okay? Now, let's, let's close up with a couple of verses. Let's go to one of my favorite verses. It's found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, okay? I love this verse, and just so good, and you probably know it or have seen it before. It says, it says I can do all things through him or through Christ who gives me strength, Okay, I can do all things. Um, and any time you catch yourself saying, I can't do that, what you're really saying is, I don't believe God can do that. Doesn't that change it? Well, I can't do that. No, what you mean is God can't do that. Because if God lives in you, you can do all things. Right? I, I can't do that. Well, you can do that because God, Christ lives in you. What you cannot do under your own strength, you can do under His. And so go home today. Here's what I want you to do. Here's your homework. Go home today and write out Philippians 4.13. But instead of using the word everything 
write in the blank whatever it is you're trying to do, okay? So I can do, give me a something. Retire? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I can retire. I can sing? I don't know if you can do that. That may be beyond God's ability. I can, how about this? I can um, go to work through him who gives me strength. I can quit smoking. How about that one? Okay. I can overcome. I can um, read my Bible every day, even though my flesh doesn't want to, through him who gives me strength. I can tithe. Okay. Um, I can stop being a jerk face through him who gives me strength. Okay? I can stop punishing good people in my life because I'm in a bad mood through him who gives me strength. Okay? So, <laughs> all right, get out. Ushers. I can get hair plugs and lifted shoes through Rick, who gives me money. Right? See, now, here's, what I, here, here's the thing, guys. Do that. Hang that somewhere where, you'll, where you're going to see it at least twice a day, okay? Make that your faith statement, okay? And, and, and here's, here's the awesome thing. Once you reach that goal... Pick something else and start over. Okay? Some of you, I can be on time. <laughs> right? Whatever it is you're trying to do, you can do through him. Okay? The practical stuff, the spiritual stuff, the hard stuff, and all the stuff in between. Okay? You can do that. I can be patient. Yeah, I guess. So you're born with some things and some things you're on your own, right? But you can do it, and it'll change your life if you'll start to use that principle. Here, you know, here's, um, you know, here's, here's kind of how I look at it. Um, you've probably heard of, of a spotter, okay? A spotter is someone at the gym that you ask to help you when you're trying to lift something that you're not sure that you can lift, okay? You, you do this a lot, especially when, when you... Uh, when you're bench pressing. And so when you have a spotter, you not only have your strength, but you, always, but you also have their strength, okay? And so knowing Jesus um, is like having a spotter in life, and what you cannot do under your own strength, you can do under his, okay? So you can't push it up. You know, for me, it's like I always want to I always want to be able to bench 250 pounds, which for me, I mean, I weigh 160, so that's, that's a lot of weight for me. And I can easily bench 240. I mean, it's just like I can do that all day. But I cannot put 10 more pounds on that bar and get it. And so a spotter has saved my life more than once, right? And a spotter, your spotter, Jesus, will lift off of you what could, what could easily crush you and kill you, okay? Um, why? Jesus is not limited by your weakness. Let's look at this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay? 
it says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said to me, my grace is all you need. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said to, to me, my grace is all you need. Look, what he's, look at this, guys. This has changed you. My power works best in what? Weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of God can work through me. Wouldn't it be great if the thing that is tormenting you and driving you nuts and you're right now thinking it's going to kill you, there comes a day when you can brag about that? Some of you are like, I don't think that can ever happen. Well, that's what Paul said. He said your weaknesses can actually become something to, to brag about when you understand. You know, I think we forget that Jesus said my power works best in weakness, so the weakest parts of your life are actually opportunities for Jesus to demonstrate his power. One more verse. Okay, two more verses. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his, what? Mighty power. Folks, I don't see anything in that verse about willpower. Have you ever tried to do anything using only willpower? I bet you didn't get very far. Willpower will not get you very far. But do you know what will get you really far? Mighty power. Yeah. He says, I can do all things through his mighty power, okay? It's his mighty power, not yours. Okay, last verse, Isaiah 41 and verse 10. <clears throat> this, is, this kind of brings it all together. Look, look at this, Isaiah 41 and verse 10. I, I love the first two words because some of you, that's, this is what you're doing, okay? What is the first two words? Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> and then he tells you why. Why, why, why. Why aren't you supposed to panic? I'm with you. And then he goes on and he says, there's no need to fear. Why? For I am your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Right? Keep a firm grip on who? You. I just love that verse. You don't have to panic. You don't have to panic, and you don't have to panic because of Philippians 3.10. Once you know Christ, you can experience his, the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That's all the power you need in this life. If you want to be successful, move forward in your walk with God. And that power lives in you. Right? It lives in you. All right, let's stop. Ushers are, are ushers. Maybe the ushers should come. The musicians are coming. That was worth another offering, I think. I feel like it was. All right, let's, let's go ahead and stand up. You know, I, uh, a lot of what happens with this teaching isn't going to happen right here this morning. It's going to happen once you leave here and go back out into your life. Because this afternoon... You're going to sit down and take out an index card or maybe take out a post-it or take out a piece of paper and you're going to write down, I can do whatever it is through 
the mighty power that lives in me. And then you're going to have to start walking that out. But you're not alone. And you don't have to panic because God is with you and he's going to help you. So, um, so let's have a prayer. Lord, I, uh, I, uh, I am in the same boat as every person in this place. There are times when, you know, you look, you, I look at my life and I think I don't have enough power. I, I, I just don't know if I can do this. I, I just don't know how it's going to all come together. But Lord, then I realize that I'm not doing anything according to my own power anyway. I'm, do, I'm doing life according to your mighty power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That means it's Holy Spirit power that I have um, as the engine driving me forward. It's not willpower. It's not what Larry can do. It's not what um, um, the people around Larry can do. It's, it, Lord, it's about what you can do and what you desire to do. And so this morning I, I pray that as we, as we prepare to go back to our homes, that we will recognize and realize that there is a source of help. There is a source of hope available to us, and it happens because, like Paul, we have a desire to know him and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And so, Lord, we just lift these things to you today in Jesus' name. We're going to sing this last song, and my, my advice to you this morning is to just either talk to God about what you need more power to do, or maybe you just want to talk to God to thank Him for His blessings and how good He's been and, and um, how grateful you are. Maybe you just want to sing along. Maybe you want to just be still and, and just kind of stand in silence and listen. It, you know, it really doesn't matter. I, just, I, I want you to connect with the Lord this morning, and if you're here and you don't know Christ, like you don't know him at all because you've never invited him into your life, then, then I would encourage you to come forward um, as, we are, as we're singing and, and receive Christ. Accept him into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to, to help you uh, adjust your lifestyle and live for him the remainder of your days. Or maybe you just need prayer because you're going through some hard things. If you need prayer or if you need Christ or Whatever you need, we would be glad to pray for you and with you this morning. If not, just just worship, just worship.